Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Of course. So my name is Brittany Josephina. I'm one of the co-founders over at Black Girl Magic. Since 2015, we've been creating healing spaces for Black women and girls, um, along with the work that I do with Black Girl Magic. I'm also an herbalist, a horticulturist, and I have my background in both psychology and energy work. So the, the makeup of my work is really rooted in two elements that I always say. So it's in wellness and it's also in nature. Wow. I love that. So, you know, obviously I think that healing is a huge topic of interest right now. I think I would Mm -hmm. hope it would always be a topic of interest, but (laughs) I think that, um, you know, with the way that trends are going and more people are um, being exposed to and hearing about, you know, healing intentionally for you um, and in the work that you do, you know, where would someone begin if they, if they recognize, all right, I've got some things that I've been dealing with and, you know, I think I, I think I'm ready or it's time for me to work on it. What would you kind of advise or say to somebody who's in that space? Hmm. Okay. That's a good question. I feel like it's such a broad question because it can go in multiple ways, but I know specifically when it comes to like, well, how will I know if like a space like Black Girl Magic is perfect for me? Mm -hmm. Um, Black Girl Magic was actually founded through my co-founder. She's also my girlfriend. Her name is Shidea. And she founded it when we were both in college and she was interning in New York City. And she decided like, this is a space that I recognize is often absent when it comes to like this mainstream culture that we do have around wellness. Um, just a lack of having spaces that are specifically centered and designed for Black women. So let me go ahead and create this space that I've actually been dreaming of and thinking about for actually like quite a long time since childhood. So when it comes to a Black girl magic space, you you really just show up as you are, where you are in your journey. Um, we, we really designed the environment and the experience around a couple of central focuses. First, we love to do like an icebreaker, you know, a couple of activities that allow people to show up, be present, maybe take off their metaphorical masks or just guards that they might have up for them to recognize that this space is something that is safe and open and, and warm. And then we often lead into discussions about like what it is to be who you are in the world and, and to receive support in the process. Um, when first, the, I went to the first Black Girl Magic Meetup, but then afterwards I started conducting the space with Shardaya. And what I later started to realize is the way that we design the spaces often has similarities to group therapy. Um, and so when it just comes to healing, I think the most, some of the most key important things is to have a willingness and readiness to show up and to show up in truth and honesty and to hold space for what is and can come up. Um, it's not always easy. It's not always perfect. And so if we can have a practice of compassion around our healing, I think that's like a really good start 
to begin our own healing journeys. I love that you mentioned a practice of compassion around healing, because Mm -hmm. I, I think that oftentimes, and I don't know from your experience, you know, um, either we will try to rush our own healing or we'll be impatient with ourselves or we'll (laughs) be further along than we are. Um, and and that doesn't, from my experience personally and professionally, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't help the process. You know what I mean? And so I love it having compassion um, because it is a process. What would you, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you've seen that or if you've experienced it, um, but that piece on, on compassion, how do you think that that can be pivotal in someone's ability to kind of um, have more ease in their journey, even though it's work and it can be sometimes painful? Yeah, I've noticed for myself that compassion is uh, a muscle that I've had to flex to practice and to cultivate and it's a continued practice of mine and I've I've truly had to have I've had a lot of conversations with myself just to be clear like so many conversations like most people but specifically as it pertains to like my own healing my own well-being and in spaces that I didn't feel good I had a lot of conversations about exploring like what are the roots of these feelings and so um it makes me think of Ayala Venzant. She said before, and something that I was watching, that if it's taking you maybe like 10 years to arrive to a point of like experiencing different traumas or wounds, it's definitely going to take some time, like at least five years, even more, to really start unpacking and get to the root of healing. So you know, I feel like healing is kind of like a spiraling staircase that continues goes up. You're going to continue to like hit different realms and layers of healing, but um, compassion, uh, awareness, forgiveness are powerful tools that you can pull out of your toolkit and, and allow it to help you support yourself in experiencing ease. Um, I was having a conversation earlier with a friend and I said, Trauma and joy can exist in the same space. Just because you're unpacking your own trauma, um, unpacking your own experiences that have cultivated your own um, wounds, doesn't mean you can't also be accessing joy in the present moment. Wow, that's powerful for sure. You said compassion, awareness, and forgiveness. And Everybody who usually listens to the podcast is a student of life. So if y'all haven't taken notes already, if you (laughs) you have a notebook, go right ahead. The point is not just to hear the conversation, but to take something away from it that you might be able to apply in some small way or be given some direction, you know, um, as far as what to do next. And so you had also mentioned um, readiness and willingness. And I remember taking a class in, in, it must have been a psychology class or one of my early MFT classes where they said, you know, for change to occur, one must be ready, willing, um, and able. And I often think that you really only need the readiness and the willingness because the ability kind of comes along with 
a piece of action, which is maybe showing up, you know, to a Black girl magic meeting or um, Mm -hmm. acknowledging that you are ready to be on a path of healing. And so I love that you mentioned readiness and willingness. Do you recognize any common factors for people who are like that you would recognize that are in that space of readiness and willingness? Like, okay, yeah, you're, this is it. You're, this is the the time for you to start working on yourself. Huh? I would say that in my own experience, um, there have been points where I have been ready and willing. And then there also have been points where I was not ready and I was not willing. Mm. And then the third aspect is I've had (laughs) moments where I was not ready, not willing, and I did not realize I was not ready and willing. So Mm. what I mean by that is I had this, um, I thought I had this feeling of like, oh yeah, like I'm super grounded and I'm like, I have this sense of awareness and then there was a blind spot that I was experiencing with my, within myself when it came to overcoming and, and really dealing with specific healing that I needed to, to actually begin to work on. So, you know, truly, I think in my experience, it's been important for me to honor my pace. And um, I just, I, I've learned that I can't access certain awarenesses. I can't even be open to change. I can't even be open to apologizing or receiving people apologizing to me if I'm literally not in that space of readiness. And so I've learned the power of tapping into the fact that I'm not ready and learning to vocalize that. I think that's really important. When it comes to that, so when I think of people who are in that space of, all right, I think I might be ready to go upon my healing journey, hold a space of openness and hold a space of truth telling with yourself first and foremost. Then it will pour into other people, but you have to be honest and authentic with yourself about you know, where you actually stand. Um, and the way that you can access that, the way that I say it's, it, I've had the positive effect of accessing my voice and my experience has been through journaling, has been through writing, um, has been through creating. So I'm really passionate about creativity because I've been able to really tap into and and associate different periods of my life based on the things that have been created. So whatever the avenue may be for an individual to actually be in reflection and in conversation with themselves, it's very imperative that they actually, you know, practice what that specific thing is, because that's how you can stay close and true to your voice and where you might stand at any given moment. I love that you mentioned that because it kind of sounds like a two part process where, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to have the time and space to be with yourself to reflect. And I think that I would argue in this day and age, um, people have to be more intentional about it because we have smartphones and all of that stuff. Back in the day when we had a phone and, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) when life was simple, you know, um, it wasn't as difficult because you, there were barriers naturally built into life before you interacted Mm -hmm. with the world. And now, it's your phone houses everything and people so many more people have direct access to you and so I 
love that you mentioned, you know, um, making sure that you have time to be with yourself because that's the only way that you can sort out what's yours and what's someone else's. And so when we don't have that space, we, all of it can get colluded and really mushy and muddled. And we might be picking up and holding on to somebody else's stuff. We don't even know, you know what I mean? We haven't even deciphered if that's someone else's yours is that mine do I want it do I want to keep it do do I need to give it back like do I need to drop it and Mm -hmm. that time alone I think is really necessary and I used to teach a class where we would have them do a loneliness and solitude exercise and a lot of the students either loved or hated it like Mm. hated me for giving them the assignment because it was 40 it was just 45 minutes that you sit with yourself without distractions, no phone, mm-hmm. no TV, no, you know, and, and observe what comes up. And what comes up is typically, it might be what need to be acknowledged or be given some space or attention paid to. But then you said honor. And I looked it up because I feel like everything we needed to learn, we we learned in elementary school, like how to learn, <laughs> you know, if I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. That That's key. Um, and, um, and also just language and the foundations of thinking. You said honor and I looked it up and it's high respect, great esteem. And mm-hmm. I think what happens is that a lot of times, unfortunately, we don't learn high respect and great esteem for ourselves growing up and we don't usually have oftentimes uh, a frame of reference or someone to be able to model after who has high respect or great esteem for themselves Uh so I think that that you said honoring your pace and then that word honor is so key you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and that itself is a skill that has to be cultivated yeah I love that. And, you know, as you were speaking, I, I, I said a joke in my head and I started laughing, which is it's like with, you know, the world that we're living in currently and with, you know, access to social media, we have easy access to other people. But in such an ironic way, there's a lot more barriers to accessing ourselves because hmm. those things can become distractions or barriers to to turning within. So I, I was chuckling in my head about that. No, but that's it's true. It's, it's ironic. It's really yeah, it's very ironic. That social media, right? Like something that's built for for connection, the intention mm-hmm. is connection. Um, but then it can disconnect you from yourself, which is probably one of the most important things to have connection to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just really, it's really ironic and, and an interesting, it's a very interesting, all of it is a very interesting situation, especially at this <laughs> point. You know? um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, I love that you mentioned those things. For for hmm, for someone who, um, because healing is a process, right? It's not something that happens overnight. And I don't know that there's an, a place where you arrive. But when someone is thriving, maybe in their healing process, what would you say are some of the contributing factors to that? So you said journaling or spending time with yourself and reflecting, honoring your pace, um, maybe reaching out for help, obviously, maybe, you know, speaking to the group portion of things, because it's one thing I'm a therapist. I speak to people one-to-one and that Mm -hmm. is helpful to an extent in in one way, but healing is holistic. So, you know, you have to hit things from different angles. And I'll tell people oftentimes, right? Like you also need to be doing other things to be supporting what you're doing in this, in this one place. So, um, for the group aspect, how do you see people benefit from 
maybe having other people that they can hear from or that they can speak to? Uh, it's it's truly the most powerful and empowering experience. Um, specifically, I, I love that you asked that question because instinctually I was going to say, along with all the things that I shared prior, community <laughs> is utmost importance. It's literally important. We are human beings. We are relational beings, which means we're we are social beings. We're in relationship to one another. And so a very strong and sometimes underestimated but integral component of just thriving in life is having a community around you to bounce back to you, who you actually are. Mm. And so what I've noticed in having Black Girl Match meetups where the women come and they are expressing to us and to themselves and to each other that this is like some of like the first times in their life that someone is actually listening to them and that they're having a space where they can truly share their narrative. What I witness is that all people who arrive into this space are experiencing the process of seeing and being seen, hearing and being heard, holding and being held. And so that exchange is actually really powerful because sometimes, even as someone who's facilitating in this space, I'm listening more than I'm speaking because either someone else is guiding the space and it's feeding me and serving me, or what I've witnessed is through one person sharing their story, they're also telling someone else's story. So what's so integral about community is that one, we realize that we actually aren't alone. Two, the experiences that we have, we are not having it in an isolated way. Um, their narratives, their pathways, their experiences that many people have had, many people have experienced. And so that component of realizing I'm not alone. There are people like me. There are people who have felt like I felt. There are people who feel like I feel right now. And then it gets to the other component is how are people healing? How are people coping? And what are the things that, you know, they're picking up for themselves to help them navigate their experience? So you know, community is integral, we need it. And even if you don't find that sense of community within your own family, I do find that it's so empowering and I'm seeing it in, you know, this generation that we live in and the generations that have come to this point that we're, we're really creating soul families. We're creating chosen family amongst one another. So that's something that, you know, I always want to advocate for, for people to realize that this is something that they should actively be creating for themselves and naming with the people that they're choosing as a community. What do we stand for? What's important to us? You know, how, how can I show up for this person? What are the ways that you need to be loved and, and showed up for? What are the ways that I need to be loved and showed up for? Um, it, it's so powerful and so impactful. And I think it's incredibly important to share because when I was 18 years old, um, really 17, actually, that was the beginning of like me consciously choosing a wellness and spiritual journey. And so for many years, like four years, most of that journey was like a very individual pathway. It was like a self-care journey. And then truly it wasn't until a couple of things, but one was going to the first Black Girl Magic meetup that I was like, oh, wait a second. Like I actually need this other component too. Community care is powerful. 
Yeah, I love that we got to hit on this. Um, I'm originally from Uganda, so I was born there but raised in the States. Mm. To me, I'm heavily heavily convinced that um, collectivity and community is just like a cornerstone, you know, for life to go well. And the saying, it takes a village isn't just about raising children. It takes a village for everyone in the village to be thriving and well and taken care of. And so I think that, um, you know, because of how things are set up and the way that things have gone, that there's a, for some people, there's been either like a crabs in the barrel mentality or competition or um, hesitancy or mistrust based on what we've learned growing up. And when someone can get past that stuff, to be able to find their soul family because you have to look for them sometimes, right? Sometimes it's not yeah. people that are right in front of you. Um, that when you're able to tap in and get connected in that way, that you, you mentioned having your individual journey, which is absolutely phenomenal and amazing, but there's there's something that is different and significant and divine about being connected um, mm-hmm. to people that are going to be able, like you said, right, to see you and for you to see and, you know, to hear you and for, for you to be heard and mm-hmm. for you to hold them and for them to hold you. And so I'm glad that we touched on that piece because it, I think that's what um, a lot of the time is missing because I think people, I don't know if, if it's just society, if it's culture that says like, you know, one, like people are, some people are like self-made. I'm like, well, it took two humans and probably a divine being, you know, at least, at least, you know, if there's maybe some angels or something that was dr- throwing some dust in the mix. To okay. <laughs> then your ancestors might've been like, okay, let's give her some sass. So you know, <laughs> at least three to create you, if not infinitely more. Um, and who's to say that once you're here on the planet that you're supposed to walk in the world alone? And so I love, I love, 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 you know, you mentioning that and that we got to chat about that <laughs> um, for a moment because it's it really can be pivotal um, and take the weight off, the pressure off of having to do everything by yourself or having to be the strong one or the strong yeah. person. Um, yeah. Pushing through pain when it's like, no, you know, like the pain can be there, but you don't have to bear it all by yourself. Yeah, and I think it's really important to to name how people, right, in Western culture at least, have arrived to these perspectives around like community mm-hmm. versus individualism. I've found a lot of power and empowerment for myself to name the ways different systems actually negatively impact me as a Black woman um, and impact other people. POC, but specifically the Black community, there's power in naming the things that oppress us and feed us things that actually, when we think about, you know, where our culture really lies and where our ancestors come from, we are a community-oriented group of people. And I just think human beings are made to be community-centered and that the perspective of individualism has always been a lie because it's never been the truth that one individual or one small or specific group has arrived to one place. We are in, uh, uh, we're interconnected and it's not just human beings. It's literally the ecosystem, the people 
the, the living beings that are on earth, we are all connected, whether it wants to be acknowledged or not. So even like in our journeys of oh, realizing like, oh my God, maybe it's someone coming to a point where they're realizing like, oh shit, I'm actually really alone. I thought that I had community around me. How did I get here? Instead of turning it inward and being a thing of you blaming yourself, it's actually turning outward and realizing the ways that your environment your upbringing, the people who raised you, their upbringing has influenced the way that you have shown up in the world. So that when you're telling that narrative back to yourself, you're telling it in such a way that it doesn't disempower you. It gives you language and allows you to stand up for yourself in the world and name the way that things that are beyond you impact you. And it allows you to then begin to create community for yourself and other people. And I just think it's radically important to be actively naming these things because, you know, like just grazing over, over these systems, patriarchy and, and um, racism and all the different isms, if we don't name them, we can't, we can't heal them. We can't change them. We can't overcome them. We can't abolish them. So you know, I, I invite people to actively not just get to the pinpoint and the roots of what has happened in their own childhood as it relates to family, get to the roots of like how these systems are actually impacting your life so that you can also realize like, oh, this is actually not just my own doing. You know what I'm saying? It's really important. Yeah, I think that that's significant to to keep in mind for sure. Um, I feel like I feel like we could chat for hours about this and keep going back and forth. But before we wrap up and figure out how to get get connected um, with Black Girl Magic, you know, for someone who maybe had you know said they were ready and willing, they're on their path, they're you know um, doing their best best to tap in and be connected. Uh, but it's challenging, right? Healing can be mm-hmm. really difficult at times. For yeah. that person who's maybe struggling and considering like, you know, this is a lot, this is a lot. Um, do I quit? Do I pause? Do I stop? What would you say to someone who's in their journey um, and, and dealing with like the thick of, of, of unpacking? Yeah. Well, first I would say that I celebrate you for being present in your journey. Um, because you and I can both identify the spaces and places that we've both been unpresent in our journey or chosen to actively turn away from the journey, right? And so then I would navigate them to actually um, implementing, I I just really feel like a lot of things are practice, right? And beliefs, habits become habits through practice. And things don't become habits through practice if you're not actively practicing them. And so I find that it's really integral for even when you're in the midst of having an experience where you're like, I'm in a funk or I just, I can't get through the thick of this. What are you doing well? What is going right? What can you celebrate? What can you be um, in recognition of? What can you be grateful for? I would really just lean into that. And that's why I go back to that reflection aspect. When I really started taking the time to write out to myself, this was just for myself. It didn't have to be perfect. And I will also say it wasn't like I was writing in my journal every day. 
that wasn't authentic to my own personal practice. I just wrote when I felt inspired to. And sometimes it'd be a few sentences and other days I was like, well, listen here, talking to myself, listen here, let me tell you what happened. Okay. So through doing that, then I was able to see like, okay, on Wednesday, December 20 something, I was feeling this way. And then on January 13th, I'm feeling in a different way. And I'm able to track the little things that had an impact to help influence me feeling better, feeling empowered, or for me to realize how a problem actually kind of solved itself. So I just think reflection is key. Celebrating what is going right is key. And creating room for, for in space for allowance and compassion. Like this is a journey for a reason. And so honor yourself and honor your journey. And you can't shame yourself into wellness. You can't shame yourself into healing. And so instead, just try your absolute best to practice being compassionate, being allowing, being loving, being supportive, being honest, being authentic with yourself. You are with you from the beginning of this journey and you will be with yourself until the end of this journey. If you believe in reincarnation, then hey, you'll see yourself in another journey. <laughs> and so this, your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship that you have. And so it's worthy of cultivating and it's going to have its flies, it's going to have its twirls, it's going to have its dips and it's going to have its rises. And so just join the journey. That's what it looks like. It's never, you're like, I just think it's, it's not this super stable perfectionist kind of way. Like it, that's not authentic. That's not how it works. And so when you just begin to really release those perspectives. And again, those are belief systems that are ingrained in culture, a culture of capitalism. Like capitalism is tied to perfectionism. When you're in a community setting, it's not asking you to be perfect. It's actually about asking you to show up. So, you know, you know, these little wheels of like, all right, how do I arrive to where I'm at? Is this stuff, is this part of my doing? And is this part of other people's doing? And is this part of a system doing Awareness is king or queen or, or key, whatever you want to name it. Awareness is really key. So the more you can take the time to, to reflect and to name those things, the more that you'll actually begin to cultivate a sense of confidence within yourself. Because I do not believe that um, the culture that we experience, at least in this country, which is the United States, does not support all human beings, all young children and feeling confident. It's just not set up that way. And so with that awareness, you realize like, you know what, confidence is something that it's in my power to to cultivate and I'm going to do that. And that actually feels good because when that happens, no one can take that away from you because you've built that for yourself. Wow. Thank you so much, Brittany, for taking some time to chat with us, for dropping some gems. (laughs) for helping us to understand, you know, even further what healing can look like, the importance of community. And so I would love to make sure that everyone listening knows how to get in contact and in communication if they're looking for sisterhood and well-being, spiritual healing, community, and ancestral guidance, okay? Um, I love it. So if you could let us know where to get connected and tapped in, that would be great. Awesome. So my personal... Instagram is my name, Brittany Josephina. So that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot 
J-O-S-E-P-H-I-N-A. Uh, my website is also just BrittanyJosephina.com. And then to get connected with Black Girl Magic, our Instagram page is Black Girl Magic, and that's magic with a K. So that's M-A-G-I-K. We have uh, some really beautiful things that are coming in 2021, and we're launching a digital sanctuary for Black women across the globe to connect um, I, with the purpose of sisterhood, of ancestral guidance, um, of well-being. So I'd love to see any of my sisters out there, let's get connected and, you know, let's heal together and let's walk in the path of our destinies. Josephina, even better. Ending with the awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you again. Thank you again. It means the world. And of course, we will come and support and um, learn more and share and, and, and really continue this journey of healing. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do as well. It's incredibly important. So I I uplift and celebrate you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend, whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media. It helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.